0: Hi, do you like this show but want more? Might I direct you to the other shows on DuckFeed.tv? But moreover, if you already listen to those other shows on DuckFeed.tv, there's more content that you might not know of. See our premium content from our Patreon, which we talk about all the time. Uh, that eventually ends up at DuckFeed.tv slash store. That includes uh, premium episodes of Abject Suffering, which are always fun, and then also uh, additional stuff like Adaptation Decay, where we talk about video game movies and television shows and kind of examine why they work or why they don't. We recently made available an episode about the Mega Man animated series. Um, and some fun episodes from the past include, like, the Buckner and Garcia album Pac-Man Fever or the Silent Hill movie. They're all good. Go to duckfee.tv store to check out those and a bunch of other stuff that I can't even think of off the top of my head as I record this intro. Bye. Bye.
1: my name is gary
0: butterfield my name is cole ross and you're listening to watch out for fireballs it is a games club podcast and this week we are reading your responses for may 2018 about some uh very popular games here it was a it was a good month for us uh call of war as <laughs> gunslinger doom 2016 bayonetta and then we got some uh we got some arcade stories and we're we're really uh, we're really mixing it up with the with the obscureathon
1: that is June. <laughs> like it's, it's not that those aren't bad games, or I think those will be bad episodes. They're not interesting to talk about. Uh-huh. But it's just like what the fuck is you know, this? Going, going, <laughs> go, yeah, going from from games like you know the the least popular game that we did in May is Call of Gunslinger, and it's pretty right. well liked. Yeah, still and, like and, a,
0: a, an entry, an entry in kind of a big series. Was for a time.
1: Doing, Three games no one's heard of for, for next month. So <laughs> yeah. looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> Maybe um, reaching back into the old archives on letters. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. The um,
1: I, I hope people have things to say about stuff next month, but we shall see. Yeah. um, Yeah, I'll go ahead. We have a, everybody came out in force, which we appreciate. So mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and start it. Um, I'll start us off here with our Call of Juarez gunslinger responses with Benedict, who says via contact. I almost wish Storyteller was an entire genre of games. Because the Steam tag for narration is a little slim and it feels like my favorite little niche genre. I played a lot of Viscera cleanup detail because there are a few things as relaxing as listening to an audiobook and cleaning with furious enthusiasm. But it's not as interesting as having the story you're playing narrated to you, especially with the cool Western story collectibles. Have either of you played a story about my uncle? It's narrated and framed as a fantastical bedtime story being told to a child. So while they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, both it and Gunslinger gave me that delightful and rare "this was made for me"
0: feeling. Um, I have not played it. Jala has spoken about it on the level. Yeah, I, 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 this is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, it's like a um, like a like a first person exploration puzzler kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I also like being narrated too.
0: Yeah um storyteller is a good uh is is a good name for that the best one i can think of for sure although i guess that would that would like bring in like elegy for a dead world or something like that so who knows
1: yeah it doesn't um it doesn't describe genre
0: right you know because this this is this is a storyteller game and bastion is a
1: storyteller game by this definition right you know and those are both extremely different games so it is it is just it is a tag yeah you know um but it it's a uh it is a tag that i think tends to elevate a little bit Yes. So yeah. a good a good tag. Much you know, tags get a bad name because of IMDB largely. So it's like, you know, woman washing foot in sink. You know, <laughs> right. like that like that kind of thing. Like it yeah. like this is a hard tag to spank
0: spank thee. <laughs> right to, to, a tag too far, awful spank. <laughs> got 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 to the end of Big Fish and I was just rock hard. I could have cut diamonds. Yeah, and, man.
1: <laughs> the uh mm, mm. then the, the I flipped on the BFG. Yeah, <laughs> You know, the, the big friendly giant, eh, which I don't think that has anything to do with big fish. I just think it looks the same. Right. Isn't that
0: trailer for the, for the BFG? No. I liked that it's book just, a lot when I was a kid.
1: It, it's about a big, it, it, to me, it has real serious big fish vibes.
0: Yeah. You know? Huh, you know, bur- Burton-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I expected to like this or a clean up detail, but it really just kind of frustrated me.
1: First, I expected to like, oh, visceral cleanup detail. I haven't yeah. played that one yet. That was something that was uh, that's been on me and Derek's like perennial co-op list because because yeah. it, it has co-op.
0: Yeah, I imagine yeah. co-op would be all, it would be a lot more fun because there's a lot of like bucket moving and emptying and stuff. Yeah, you know, <laughs>
1: like as as you do,
0: right? When clean when cleaning,
1: I I don't clean my regular house enough to do like sim cleaning. Yeah, like the I want to go in the yard simulator. Like <laughs> it's a like I, I don't I don't I'm not quite there, but I did always want to play that game. So
0: yeah, someday perhaps. Yeah, but Sean writes via contact. I was a big fan of the Juarez series, having played them since they came out, except Cartel because no, thank you. I remember being overjoyed back in two thousand seven at actually having a real. Uh, actual western game being a fan of the genre the framing device of silas telling stories like a murderous gunslinging abraham simpson i've never wow abraham i've never seen it spelled out like that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like a murderous gunslinging abraham simpson Allow for some amazing moments their placement of enemies mid-gunfight the groundhog day train car and my personal favorite players and characters alike getting a front row seat for silas's nervous breakdown as he hums out oh death in full all of this, uh, I feel, makes up for the story that is, at its core, pretty basic. The reliable, you don't kill my paw, slash kin, slash dog, I'm a done kill you. Um, as despite this, each level played with new and interesting twists. I played through it twice, admittedly some years back, but found, it re- found its relatively short length and straightforward gameplay made it a perfect palate cleanser before I moved on. The apparent shelving of this series is a big loss. While I'm sure Red Dead Redemption 2 will be good, uh, there are times where I don't have 40-plus hours to spare when I just want a fun Western experience.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that last bit. Okay, oh, like yeah. you know, yeah, this, this is a genre that I, I like quite a bit, but I do like it in... Either it needs to be, like, heavily hybridized, like we we talked about in the episode, the kind of connections between the genre and, like, New Vegas, mm-hmm. which is not a Western game but has some Western trappings and you can kind of play it as a you – know, you can role play it as such. Yeah. So either the hybrid or I would like it to be kind of shorter because I don't have an unlimited appetite for the tropes of the Western.
0: For sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, Sean Um, laid out a whole bunch of reasons why we picked why we picked that game to link, you know, that is that is its specific appeal. Um, Our curse struck us again. Actually, I forget if we mentioned this in the uh, in the uh, um, any of the episodes that came out after Gunslinger. But like right at like the same day that episode came out or it was like that week after we spent all that time bemoaning, Oh, it's not available anymore. Techland bought the publishing rights and now it's available again yeah in a digital yeah. thing so like false alarm guys go get this um by making an episode about a game we cause it to go into the news again
1: we um we we talked about that in the thing like that like it was being litigated okay kind of at the time yeah i think that yeah. we we mentioned in the episode that like it you know we don't know right now it's been delisted but yeah it may come back part, part of, that, that's also okay oh, go ahead I was gonna say that that's also a thing too, where it's like if they did delist it, pirate the fuck out of that.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: You know, like I, you know, if they're gonna just take it off the marketplace and you can't buy it, mm-hmm. like pirate it, like
0: you know, like 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 your life dependent on it. Yes, like it's on sale yeah. for nineteen ninety nine. Oh wait, free. Yeah. Sorry, five finger yeah, discount. Not- yeah.
1: party it like it's a yeah it's a whereas
0: a .iso <laughs> Call of from wares. The dark web
1: Call of whereas, dark <laughs> dark iso <laughs> so they, um, yeah. secret mount yeah
0: i, I kind of wonder since techland bought the rights back if they're going to be doing anything with it beyond just yeah. kind of you know keeping the keeping this up on the stores
1: i don't know they're they've got that um i think they've got a new thing coming mm. out in general there's some kind of uh dead island jazz yeah techland like it, it's a yeah, it's a weird company, and they don't—they don't really need Call of War right now. No, like I think no. dying between like because they did Dying Light as well, I yeah, believe. Yeah, like Dying Light and uh, Dead Island, and both of those were like strangely big hits. So I would be surprised if they do bring it back, but it would be cool if they did. Um, I would even take like a hybrid, like both you know Dead Island and, and Dying Light, for being games with ton tons of ridiculous faults, uh, do really great first person melee combat. No, and integrating that into an engine like into or into a Western specifically would be mm-hmm. pretty cool. I think fistfights are a big part of Westerns that don't get enough love. True. Not just shootouts. Uh, Moving on to Doom 2016 contact uh, or uh, uh, letters, responses. Uh, Eric says via contact. Doom was my game of the year 2016, and it should come as no surprise that it was my favorite. The game is visceral, demands, and reinforces high mobility gameplay and is visually excellent. The weapons are are diverse enough to be useful across the game, and the upgrade and challenge systems help extend the levels just enough to make them replayable without wearing out their welcome or straining the player. The glory kill system can drag on after a while, but it still feels good to rip and tear. It has a great sense of humor, from how Doomguy interfaces with the plot to even uh, small stuff like the Terminator 2 reference when you die in lava or (laughs) fist bumping the little figurines you find. There's fun little references throughout the whole thing. The multiplayer isn't much to write home about, but I enjoy it anyway, and while the snap map system isn't nearly as good as the WADs, both of those show a dedication to at least try to recreate the community that kept the original games popular to this day. You can tell that Bethesda really respects the series' roots. You could even make the argument that the glory kill system is an homage to Brutal Doom, even though that is a bit of a stretch. Sorry, I didn't make a snap map for you guys. I am not good at the new stuff. Yeah, and just, a... this is uh, Eric Plezens, yes. uh, who is the person who made the uh, WAF Doom Two map. We mm-hmm. did that episode, and also a stalwart member of the community.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So no worries. That's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I, I only messed around with it a little bit, and it did seem like like I could, you know, I, I could make a thing if I mm-hmm. if I wanted to, but it was, I didn't find it particularly compelling
0: yeah yeah and with any kind of editor like that if i go into it without having an idea it's really just fucking around until i get something i can run around in and then yep i'm done yeah so uh, i have no idea what brutal doom is apparently it's a mod that makes oh. doom just more brutal yeah it, it is uh brutal doom's great oh. um it's very cool it's 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 plays like a very different version
1: of doom um is it like you know, action just, half-life but for doom yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there are, there are tiny details that are different between mm-hmm. the two, but I think that's that's pretty apt actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's very similar. I played. I I think the last time I played Basic Doom, uh, was doing Brutal Doom. Okay. Uh, doing doing co-op Brutal Doom. So, but yeah, Brutal Doom is rad. Nice. Um, I don't know that the glory kills are an homage to that. Like, it feels like it solves such a specific gameplay problem mm-hmm. that my guess is no. But it it is. Uh, it's cool that there is kind of an antecedent. Or, yeah. or a predecessor to it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and they 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 serve um, a very similar aesthetic purpose anyway. Which yeah. is, you know, I want to reduce this thing to bone and blood. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. 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 I didn't. Uh, the the couple of people have referenced. I
1: didn't. Didn't really get sick of the glory kills things. Like they're so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, we and we talked about it in the episode, but like I think that actually, like taking a second where I'm just kind of watching a movie for for
0: four seconds.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, in the middle, like helps the pace actually a lot. Yeah. I've heard, but I've read other people who got sick of seeing the, the glory kills. I can see it.
0: Um, I mean, just uh, it, like a, de- it, I could see it being like a death by a thousand cuts version of like an FF8 summon, you know?
1: Yeah. I, but uh, for me, the, the reason why the FF8 summon is the, why it cuts it all is because it, it cuts deep and long, mm, you know? Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's, you know, you can, you can take, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of something like this, this metaphor is getting your. <laughs> difficult like i can like I, I can take something that ordinarily wouldn't cut me yeah you know and just kind of like a comb mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know why i took the comb but like I, I could put a comb on my skin over and over and over and over and it's never going to actually break skin yeah yeah you know so it's like it's not even cutting like it's not even a small cut like if this is this is more like you, like if you put that comb and you put like a Final Fantasy Eight summon it's like you put that hydraulic press <laughs> on the comb and it just pushes the comb into your skin.
0: Yeah, you just la- launch, like, launch it, launch into your into yourself with a potato cannon. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and it's like I don't even mind like. Mind the final fantasy 8 summon so much it's just the idea that the fact that it's micro dosing takes Mm -hmm. all of the edge off for that
0: yeah yeah for me for sure uh it doesn't really bother me either like i like it as a as a moment to plan a moment to breathe Mm -hmm. you know so i can you know make my next move after it yeah
1: yeah but it's a eric's not the first person i've seen who who
0: doesn't you know who had that feeling so yeah also it wasn't a deal breaker like he still loves the game so yeah 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 Um, Tom writes via contact. So I didn't actually get into doom 16, 2016 uh, while playing it. I got to a bit after the BFG, but frankly, I wasn't getting much out of it. I was on the fence about retrying it. When you said that you would cover it for the show, a friend who was a fan asked me why I never got into it. And I mentioned how I was not happy doing the rune trials and challenges because they got in the way of just shooting stuff. His words, as best I can recall, were Tom, Tom, stop treating every first person shooter like metroid prime just shoot stuff until you run out and pull the next gun also open the selection wheel when you fire the bfg with that in mind i stole his copy of doom i was able to revisit the game and have fun i guess i wasn't playing it right how do i say that without enabling the get good types
1: the um i don't i don't think that's uh that's tom's fault like we we talked about that a little bit in the episode but the there is a tension between kind of that central like Hey, you know, rip, mm-hmm. and after you've done ripped, uh, try to try a a, a smattering of tear, mm-hmm. um, and the the focus on collectibles and and things like that, and map yeah. exploration, like that is a weird part of the game. Yeah, like it's, you know, you know
0: the, the very presence communicates that there it expects you to do it, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and
1: and the, I you know the game, I think that uh, Tom's friend, like that, is the better way to to enjoy the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not it's not an exploratory shooter. Right. Like you can, you can do a little bit of exploration, but yeah. it's not the strength of the game.
0: Yeah. And it's also like probably not the, the thing you do on your first time through. Like it's a short game and if yeah, you get the bug yeah. and you want to go back and see the corners of the, of these maps, then you, then you engage with that system. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: But that's, that's, that's how I kind of feel about it. But I under, also understand the, um, the urge. Mm-hmm to To be a completionist and yeah. and and everything, so like that's something that I have to wrestle with as well.
0: Yeah, everybody has different so. different thresholds for being able to set stuff aside and ignore it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like my fear would be, oh, I'm going to be disadvantaged later on. But then, yeah, be, beyond a certain point, I saw how much I was being empowered by the stuff that I was just getting in the course of normal play. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and
1: that that's such a that's a hidden like good design. Yeah. You know, so it is a lot of people will praise a game for making odious things optional, mm-hmm. um, but then they don't go as far as to think about if it's truly optional because right. it's 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 not optional if it means you won't be able to beat a boss without grinding. Right. Later, you know, like um, it's something that like, you know, for example, and this is I'm not whipping this game like I like this game. I want to do it at some point. Um, but like one of the things about Chrono Trigger is that if you avoid every fight that you can avoid, mm-hmm. like you will end up having a really, really hard time with those bosses. Right. It is. It is not actually balanced to have optional encounters. Yeah, I mean, we we so, we
0: we went on about that with Child of Light as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a huge problem with Child of Light. Like having optional encounters is only meaningful if they're optional for the entire game. It's not yeah. just. It's it's a, it's like the um, in in both of those games since they're JRPGs, it's not something that's unique to JRPGs, mm-hmm. but it's like the equivalent of the um, Bloodlines not honoring playstyles. Yeah. Yeah thing it's the same problem mm-hmm. you know like my playstyle was going to be not to do every random encounter or not to do every optional rune challenge and you didn't honor that in the end game right you know it's, it's very similar to both lines mm-hmm. i
0: think yeah um and as far as like how do you describe this this situation without enabling get good like i don't think anybody was telling you to get good i think what you what you realized and i fall into this trap a lot too She's like oh i was over i was overthinking this I yeah. was actually, like, getting hung up on, on you know, nails and snags that were of my own making, right?
1: Yep. Not seeing the, the forest for the trees. Right. Nothing Like, this is a different game than maybe you, than, than you thought. Yep. Yep. No no, no shame in that. Um, Bill says, why contact? Hey, Gary and Cole, long-time listener, first time writing into the show. I'm really into Doom 2016, and I wanted to talk briefly about the Night Sentinels, a.k.a. the Tacoma-style holograms the Doom Slayer sees throughout Hell near the end of the game, and in statue form in James Spader's office uh, after the tether is installed. <laughs> the Night Sentinels were the defenders of the Wraiths and the uh, Argent Dinur, a city overtaken by Hell that also serves as the last level of the game. There isn't a whole lot of deep lore to them beyond uh, that they protected the city-slash-area against Hell when Hell attempted to gain control of the Well within the Argent Denure. Uh, the Sentinels put up such a good fight against hell that the city slash area had to be absorbed into hell itself in order to be taken. And one of the hell priests struck a deal with one of the Sentinels, the betrayer, to return his dead son to him in exchange for taking the priest to the wraiths, which this is getting very malediction prophecy. Like anytime it just, like, it's like anytime that you casually say the wraiths, just, like, you're in some video game ass shit. Yeah. Um, uh taking the Priest to the Wraiths, which imbued the Night Sentinels with their power and provided energy for the city. This allowed Hell's uh, hell to tap into the Wraith's power and gain the upper hand in the battle. In true Gontoro Doom fashion, um the betrayer's son was returned to him alive, but as a demon, possibly the icon of sin. The wording on the tablet that explains this is Argent Denor is a bit ambiguous. Uh, explains us in Argentor. Uh, there's also some good speculation in the ether as to other aspects of the story of the Night Sentinels. And I hope this story is expanded upon, maybe even with a playable flashback sequence involving the fall of Argent Denor or fighting alongside
0: the resurrected Night Sentinels in the sequel. Doom Knights, Doom Knights, yay! Yes, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, would, I would be in After Dark.
0: Yeah. Like, well, uh, well, no, no, as, I meant like Doom Knights, like Hexen, is what I wanted. I- I know what I said okay. I, I just, just, just want to see
1: doomed it doomed. So what what happens to Doom die once the sun sun goes down? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This would it would be a cool like like a series of flashbacks would be perfect for that mm-hmm. as a thing, especially since a similar situation. You know, assuming they do a Doom Two, which we don't know. Like they're working on Rage now. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be them taking over Earth, presumably, and uh, there would be kind of a similar situation. Yeah. To what the night sandals went through or could be like you could do a parallel there mm-hmm. you know whoever the spader is of earth who who sells out sells out
0: the planet to the demons yeah so, hmm that could be very house of spaders mm-hmm yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah thank you for giving that um giving that further context
1: yeah like yeah. that stuff is all in the game but
0: I only read and listened to some of it because it makes you stand there and listen to the tape right right yep. yeah what and- you talk about and like that specific stuff, any of the hell sermon, like I'm, I'm appreciating the style of the prose, but not really absorbing the information because yeah. it is, it is in that semi-biblical style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Riley writes via contact. Doom 2016 is one of the rare games I think that I can think of that benefits from New Game Plus. With a lot of games, I never liked it because the balance would feel off, and I'd rather start a fresh game with a new build. With Doom, however, jumping right into level select and playing with all my weapons and abilities from the start was uh, has been a blast. Also, it's allowed my second playthrough to overcome my biggest problem with the game. Gary mentioned how he could just ignore the upgrades without ill effects, but I didn't feel that was the case. I don't think I would have been able to get through those last few levels without significantly upgrading my ammo health and armor and collecting argent shards just killed the pacing. It's notable how much better the game is when you don't need to do that stuff. And, uh, if they do make a sequel, preferably hell on earth, I hope those kinds of collectibles are lore only so we can ignore them, leave upgrades to the gameplay challenges. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I still upgraded, you know, when I, when I say I ignored them, I, there are ones that I ignored, but I still got extra health. And I, stuff, specifically
0: you know the specifically those uh like the, the the praetor energy or the argent energy whatever it was yeah. that like upgraded praetor your hard stats yeah yeah um like like uh, what what uh what riley's describing your health theorem or whatever i think that's modal i think once you get that you have to allocate it
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and i still got those so when i when i whenever I, I referenced as far as upgrade ignoring the upgrades yeah i didn't i didn't just not do any of them like mm-hmm. i ran into them i just didn't search them out
0: yeah yeah, and there um, there's enough of them on the main path too.
1: Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. you know, but that that could also vary. Yeah. You know, and and I think that we're in agreement about not putting those kind of hidden secrets in Doom. Mm-hmm. You know that like those those don't fit. We were just just talking about that. Yep, for sure. So, um, yeah, agreed. And I also um, are stand, am standing pretty hard for Hell on Earth. <laughs> um, Ignacio uh, says via contact. Hi, Gary and Cole. You all basically touched on everything I was going to say about Doom 2016, so I want to talk about the board game. One player controls the forces of hell, and the rest control a squad of UAC marines in a sort of fast-paced, dungeon-crawly tabletop game. Some mechanics are transplanted from the video game, like glory kills and weapon mods. It also keeps the video game's emphasis on movement while adding elements of squad positioning and coordination. The board is modular, so you can build your own maps. There's extra stuff, like mission objectives for the marines. For the demons, there are ways to summon different sets of demons and empower them with hell energy. Also, the demon figurines look pretty cool, especially the cyber demon, a.k.a. the big boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Overall, I think it's a faithful adaptation while implementing its own spin on things. I totally recommend it. That's that, great to hear. That I've, sounds yeah. really cool. I've heard really good things about that that board game.
0: Yeah. So I want to know how they do uh, glory kills. Like, is every figurine like a, like a crash test dummies action figure? There's a little oh, button I, you press I, I... and it flies apart. <laughs>
1: I, I imagine uh, you just take the piece and put it in a box. <laughs> okay. but, but the, uh, I imagine. That, I mean, you could if you're playing really hardcore. Yeah. The um, but I I imagine that like it's like a uh, just a move you can do, you know? <laughs> yeah. The um, but it's pretty it's pretty neat though. Like that's a uh, that's cool that they managed to to do that. There's there's been this weird wave of um, kind of crunchy board games based on video games. Like the um, the XCOM game is essentially the same thing as the computer game. The XCOM game is so, really good. I've played that at uh, Dennis's. Yeah, 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 but it, it's very similar, right? Like it's it's more or less takes the mechanics of the the video game.
0: And I mean, it, it, so it is it it is less that the, there's no like okay, I am in this square and I'm going to move it. It's not like tabletop to that to, to that degree. Like it's more mm-hmm. each person plays as a member of like the XCOM team, mm-hmm. uh, ser- serving different roles. So there's there's like somebody who does the science, handles all the research and stuff like that. Um, there's somebody who handles combat, um, different stuff like that. So it is hmm. it is not it is not a DND and d style tactical combat game like uh, like you would expect it to be
1: like I've watched I've watched a, a YouTube of it. Oh, and like there there was like a, a, maybe there, there's a there's a different edition. That's possible. I'm thinking the, the, yeah. Yeah, the one that I remember seeing had a you know, I didn't I didn't you know, and this was a while when it came out and mm-hmm. stuff to So I could totally be mistaken. Yeah, Or anything, but I remember seeing some some, you know, straight up tactical shit.
0: Yeah. On the board. Yeah, no. they, uh, they, they could also be different games, you know, yeah. just two different x games. One that focuses more on the global game, which is what we had. Um, like there was even like space combat in this one, too, like managing your fleets and stuff. And the one that's more about the, uh, you know, the miniatures battling stuff.
1: Possibly. Yeah. 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 And like I said, I, I could also be mistaken before anybody, but he asked me, I'll take a look yeah.
0: in between. Yeah. So, Did you ever get the uh, Fallout board game? No.
1: No, no, no. I, I've I've taken a look at it, and it does look cool. Mm-hmm. But I have not, uh, I have not played it yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been th- some of those prestige. Like the the Doom one sounds cool. The XCOM one looks cool. The um, I'm still reeling from how disappointing Dark Souls is. Yeah, as a, as a board game, <laughs> it's, it's not very good. It's, it's huge huge bummer. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a and 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 the the bloodborne one which is also not particularly good like yeah. neither of those are good. And yeah. it is sad. I was hoping for so hopefully, you know, Fallout is all, is good and breaks that curse. Yeah. That would be my
0: hope. Yeah. Uh going to move us on to our Bayonetta responses with Gordon mm-hmm. who says, "Dear letters to penthouse." bayonetta <laughs> turned out to be one of those games that my wife really enjoyed watching me play which is just as well because i went full mike pence as soon as i started and didn't feel entirely comfortable playing it without her yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like much like much like pence i'm imagining uh pence probably has some rules set up for when he can play Bayo. <laughs> yep you know uh just uh yeah i can, I can see that
0: yeah if, if if mother's not in sight don't you dare fight yeah what, what So gross. I know. uh, Yeah. Like I've like jokingly called girlfriend's mother before as,
1: as, as like a joke Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even work as a joke. No. Like it's, it is like an instant, like everybody gets the heebie jeebies. It's like somebody just opened the ceiling and spiders fell down, (laughs) you know, and just like invisible intangible spiders, but we just know they're there.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just like
1: falling through us like spider rain.
0: Yeah, like off in the distance, you hear chains rattling and little kids singing "Ring Around the Rosie." It's no good. Yeah, it's a bad scene. Yeah,
1: just, just, just the the plucking islands green screen.
0: screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody
1: called called their wife mother. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a uh, it's fucking gross. <laughs> uh, the uh, Mike Pence is a monster. Yeah, gross monster. who yeah? Um, moving on. Fletcher, a uh, friend of the show, says mm-hmm. my contact. A uh, years ago, a mic captured me saying the phrase platinum games is what happens when Clover actually puts their whole ass into it. And as a result, the monkey's paw curled and we got Bayonetta <laughs> I enjoyed Bayonetta to the point that while I didn't go through on infinite climax and do the whole gamut, I did the full max ring grind to unlock the fight with the merchant. Got a pure platinum on that final uh, gene fight. Uh, so many fucking missile attempts and pushed myself to exhaustion with it. Then I found that I bought the uh, that I bought the version PS3 that was so sloppily coded that the game legitimately gives you 60 percent of the rewards at all times because they fucked up the math on the cell processor. Uh, This is a real thing. Combine this with the fact that every single game after Bayo was licensed crap, meaning I had to play it, uh, meaning I had to play it (laughs) or Wii U exclusive, meaning I would never play it. And it's very app- apparent why I've never gone back to the series and will probably just never touch Bayonetta again despite owning a switch. At least I got near automata out of it, by which I mean I got a Yokotaro game that uh, these clowns coded. <laughs> so yeah, the um, platinum is interesting because it does have a very um, we didn't really talk about this in the episode, but very kind of uh, uh, ups and downs reputation yeah, mixed like people people like Bayonetta and, and, and stuff, but they uh, you know they did that uh, that Turtles game nobody likes they've done like a series of licensed games that people think are pretty bad
0: yeah legend of korra i understand is terrible yes. the star fox games people really don't care for yeah,
1: yeah. and even um you know near automata which i have not played like the people i know a lot of people who think the combat in that is trash like that yeah. that is a common thing i've read is that like it's still really worth playing like people have still you know really gone gone crazy for it but just mm-hmm. it's a uh, you know the combat is repetitive and bad yeah so Um, yeah, platinum not always great, can't all be revenge.
0: I just like again that line between Clover and Platinum always gets blurred, and then I look at the Wikipedia page. Oh, the first game they made was Mad World. (laughs) Cool, (laughs) cool. (laughs) I, I, I too want to have uh, oh gosh, Bender and Greg Proops, uh, you know, man, yeah. And just imagine, just a,
1: a a running ho- like speaking of the, the the monkey's paw version of narration games. Like <laughs> imagine like Greg Poops narrating everything in my life <laughs> through, through some kind of some kind of curse, or like what? I, I, you know, I accidentally, you know stepped on a witch i don't know but like so, <laughs> something happened and now greg Proops just narrates everything i do remember, are you ever listening to that guy's podcast uh, years ago yeah. yeah i think it's kind of like i listened to it for a little while too and i was like oh this like i like Greg Proops. this is and then it like a switch flipped and i was like oh wait yeah like this is excruciating yeah i like,
0: had to i had to stop i was i was yeah. there for him like talking about like negro league baseball like that was cool yeah but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it just, it, it slowly started to, uh, to erode on my patience. Yeah. I just, died. It just it... I, I I thought like, oh, you know, I'm, I want to list more political stuff, but, you know, 2016 election, whatever. And I, I paused for like a moment and I'm like, nah, <laughs> <then> I just, <laughs> you, you, you system shock dude. Yep. Nah. <laughs> yep. Not. Yeah. No, that's n- n- not, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's somebody who like who's I there's he's done work that I've enjoyed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, as as the uh the pod racer commentator. Oh yeah. <laughs> Magnifique.
0: But as a Gary mm-hmm. Butterfield
1: comment commentator? No, no thank you.
0: No. No. Yeah. <laughs> um wow. So that was Fletcher. Uh mm-hmm. this is going to be me. Sam says, uh I don't have any new or exciting opinions about Bayonetta, but I have purchased it three times on various consoles, including getting the platinum trophy uh, on the super busted PS3 version. Uh, And I look forward to buying it a fourth time whenever I get a switch out of every action game I've ever played. I don't think any game has made me uh, feel like I'm doing something awesome. Sorry. I don't think any game has made me feel like I'm doing awesome shit faster and kept that feeling going longer than Bayonetta. Also, the story and characters are just the right level of, of absurdity that I crave. Feel free to take a hard pass on the Bayonet, Bayonetta animated movie, though. It's just a retelling of this game, but Bayonetta takes her glasses off in a scene, and it's therefore complete bullshit that gets everything wrong. Bummer.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was hoping that it would be a more cogent telling of the game. Yeah. That was my, my thinking behind all that sugar I talked, but perhaps not. Um, this is, I think this is, this is Sam Baer yes uh and I, my, the, i'm following a trail of breadcrumbs of him saying uh it's the plot has the level of absurdity that i crave and him standing for kingdom hearts in mm. the everything to guppy channel a lot okay and yeah. specifically for the plot of of kingdom hearts
0: yeah which is it's,
1: it's a rare that's a rare thing i not no, no judgment it is yeah. just a rare person who like stands up for the plot of those games
0: oh for sure and it's it's yeah. good to have somebody who knows it and has affection for it and also understands Your sensibility, like, and can you know relate it to you? Like, that's for sure. Um, it's still unfair that Will signed you up for that, though.
1: (laughs) It's uh, he did it was two months ago, though. So, now that all those episodes are coming out, like, that that show is the ultimate Duck feed pre taped call in show stuff.
0: (laughs) Like,
1: I've never experienced it worse than I do with everything to Guppy. Where, like, (laughs) now if we bring it back, like, next time Ian will record, which will probably be like this week or next week, if we if we bring it back by the people who like it they're like oh i brought it up and they just dropped it well that was sensible of them and then it's just gonna pop up out of nowhere two more months down the road because <laughs> we're so far ahead on that show yeah. um but, yeah, be I,
0: like christmas morning wake up yeah. make some coffee look out at the at the driven snow <laughs> you, get yeah. a, you get a twitter blue what the fuck did you say about mickey mouse
1: yeah it, it's very similar or it'd be like a little kid waking up on christmas and then there's like no gifts <laughs> and uh and they're disappointed and then like on february 17th <laughs> there's just a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of gifts under a tree yeah yeah you know, they're living around it's like what the fuck you know it, 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 it's it's a lot like that yeah not that except they except they're worse gifts <laughs> it's like they're like gifts except it just opens up with like and will's doing funny editing stuff with it with the the music and stuff but like <laughs> boy am i running out of ways to say that kingdom hearts isn't cool <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I don't want to, you know I, I can't uh i can't take it seriously i think it's i think it's i think it's dumb yeah. I, and i don't mean i'm not that specifically to sam or anything either. no 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 like i i, I you know I'm, I'm well known as having you know if i if I ever pretended to like it in the face of sam liking it that would be disingenuous right right um sam understands but yeah I, sam, sam gets it yep but, um ian says by contact uh thanks million for doing bayonetta she's seriously the fucking best the star of the show besides the incredible titular character is the dodge mechanic Having, both games, uh, having played through both games a dozen, dozens of times, I can say that the risk-reward of dodging attacks is almost perfectly balanced for every player coming to the series. If you're new, just focus on witch time. If you're a pro, you have the incredible dodge offset mechanic to completely open the game up for insane combo possibility. If you're getting your ass kicked, like souls, just wait a bit and learn the timing. Soon enough, your wicked weaves will wreck destruction among angels and demons alike. Uh, wreak destruction. To know if you'll ever get around to Bayo 2, but it has costume changes that let you pilot an R Wing during certain missions or fight wearing Link, Samus, Peach, or Daisy's clothing. Uh, each comes with a perk, and it's the best fan service I've seen in the game or in a game. Highly, highly recommended. Now, if we can just get Nintendo to make God Hand 2.
0: Your mouth to God's ears.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though, like, God Hand, like, I like, you know, a God Hand 2, I would wanted to play like God Hand. Yeah. You know, like I would have handled like a Godhand two that they made a year or two after Godhand one came out mm-hmm. is probably more interesting to me than Godhand two made now.
0: Yeah, twelve years. You slayer. know, I, yeah.
1: I, like I yeah, Clover Clover version that is um like those same mechanics essentially and just like expand on them a little bit as mm-hmm. opposed to I I wouldn't want uh bayonetta with a Godhand skin no, no or even like Revengeance with a with a Godhand skin no 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 like, I would I would want it to play like I would like I would want it to be over the shoulder yeah over the shoulder and also like. You know, the, those the, there is like a God hand to Bayonetta thing as there is like a Dark Souls to Bloodborne mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like God hand is not slow, but it's slower. Yeah. It's a little like stodgier and stiffer, mm-hmm. which I prefer. Yeah. Um, those uh, those bonus costumes are in Bayo one as well on the switch. I don't know if he knows that.
0: Yeah. Go back but, and check yeah. them out. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I if I will get to, I, I imagine I won't die without playing Bayonetta 2, mm-hmm. but I'm not I haven't been in a rush.
0: It's so. good and fun. I, I was, I was less fatigued with Bayonetta than you were though. Yeah. So it's hard. For sure. for, did it, you, it's, did it's you stick with it, it or did you? Yeah. I've been doing, been doing a mission here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. just the, the, the usual, uh, the usual portable game rhythm that I have, which is like, you know, maybe a couple times a week before bed, you know, rotating yeah. through a bunch of different titles as the mood mm-hmm. strikes me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Weird autumn says this is the final one about Bayonetta. Uh, let's talk about the naked pole-dancing elephant in the room. Bayonetta's whole shtick is that she's a dominatrix, which understandably makes people a little uncomfortable. It's pretty much Hideki Kamiya saying that he wants a sexy librarian to step on him and doesn't give a fuck. But the result is something I actually kind of love. Because Bayonetta is the exceedingly rare female character whose femininity is a source of strength and dominance, not caretakery. um... One second here, not in a caretakery way, but in a cocky action hero way. It's not something she has to downplay to be formidable and respectable, like what happens with modern Laura Croft, which isn't necessarily a negative example, but is uh, but is a pretty on-the-nose demonstration of a cultural norm. Smaller boobs equal less sexy, equal more serious. Uh, She isn't belittled or demeaned for it like Catwoman is in Arkham Games, uh, which is a negative example because I loathe pretty much everything about the way those games treat women. Uh, And she isn't a a reward anybody gets to have when they finish their quest. The game is a glorious, campy expression of this over-the-top character living her best life. And my favorite thing about Witch Time, the best mechanic in video games, uh, is how it gives the combat an extremely satisfying dodge and punish loop that embodies Bayonetta's untouchable, domineering personality. Bayonetta is a sort of gaming comfort food for me. Kind of like Gunslinger is, actually. Something uh, just the right kind of twitchy, demanding, and precise that feels good to play well and rewards you with just a little bit more mastery every time you come back. Sometimes I just need to feel like I'm good at uh, to feel like I'm good at something for a little bit, uh, and when I do, I've got two whole bayonettas right there on my switch. Getting to play as a badass murder witch, who's the hero of her own story for once, is nice sometimes too. Gaming doesn't need more bayonettas. The stuff that makes her work for me instead of uh, skeeving me out is extremely singular, but I'm glad we have the one. That's very I'm cool really play.
1: glad. Yeah, I, I'm very glad that uh, there this did not inspire a bunch of like copycats mm-hmm. and stuff because I don't, not that, you know, and we, we went over this at length in the episode, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it is, Bayonetta is complicated is the right answer, you know, to Bayonetta. Like it is, there's ups and downs mm-hmm. and it's not, there's not a monolithic response. Like for everybody who she works for, like, like we're not on their people who she doesn't work for. Yeah. But, you know, so I was going to say, I, I don't trust other developers. To, to make a, a knockoff of this yeah. I, I don't really even trust the developers that did <laughs> right you know make it entirely it's like, <laughs> it, it feels like an accident it, yeah. it, you know it feels like um like i, I saw, just I saw you juggle
0: those artillery shells like i'm glad you pulled it off but i really wish yeah <laughs> like maybe maybe, yeah. maybe cool it for a second just because you got you know you get the right responses i mean you've done the right thing right yeah. you know
1: so like i would i never want like oh just like every every developer go out and take all of your fetishes and personify them as a character and yeah. hope,
0: Yeah. you
1: know that it just doesn't turn out to be gross. Yeah. You know this is just this weird time where it turned out to be complicated instead of definitively skeezy. Yeah. You no. Know, so like, I'm glad there's there's just the one of the and this has not created a trend too because like, boy, you know I I can just imagine like dude, do you want to see like David Cage's like no. fetish? No, no, I you don't. Know, like just imagine, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you know and just put, putting everything that turns that that guy's weird crank like everything that moves that guy's extremely strange dick like,
0: you, know, <laughs> you to see that no yeah. Uh, yeah i don't i don't need any of that in my life really um <laughs> yeah i will, what i think the best outcome would be like you know if somebody did look at bayonetta and say hey, hey me too like bayonetta as such an extreme you know just a throttle all the way forward kind of example of it um if somebody looked at Kind of the things that Weird Autumn, you know, described, you know, not this, not this, but this, you know, her, mm-hmm. you know, use it, using femininity as a strength without needing to disguise it, minimize it, alter it, or have it be exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, but just make a more subtle version of that that is, you know, just, just a couple of degrees more grounded, a couple of degrees more grounded. Like, if that's what we have to get to get consistently good treatments of femininity in games, then okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, because that that lack of grounding, one of the
1: things that's interesting, because this is, you know, this is not the first comparison I've seen between this and uh, modern Laura Croft. And like, I'm not standing for the modern Tomb Raider games. Like, I don't I keep saying standing because I, I read it enough times where I feel like I own it now. Right. I'm not using it correctly. I'm not really going to bat for those because mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't like those that much. But one of the things that's interesting is that people compare these two examples and they're just like, you know, with Bayonetta, like she's all about makeup and gigantic breast. So it's a stronger version. And that's true. Uh, and I, I wouldn't take that takeaway away from anyone, but I also think that's a a function of genre quite a bit. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't just map these if that is part of just doing a big cartoon, like mm-hmm. a game that is a gigantic cartoon. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to do a different, you know, a different type of genre fiction, it would be more difficult to do things like that. Yeah. You know, like if if you just plopped the character Bayonetta into the story and with the same kind of uh, outcome. You know that you have in a modern Tomb Raider. It would be, you know, it would just it would. I don't think it would work.
0: No, no, because you know, because like for good or for ill, the modern Tomb Raider stuff. It kind of it hinges on. Laura like Croft a, being vulnerable, right?
1: Well, and, and an element of just realism, I guess. Right. Yeah. You know, so it is about that vulnerability. So that's one mm-hmm. thing is that it, it's that kind of story, which I understand being sick of that kind of story. Mm-hmm. It just, like, there's, there's more than just the difference between one of them is using their femininity and one isn't. Right, right. Like, it is also a genre difference. It's also, there's lots of different things mm-hmm. between those two things, you know, and just levels of realism.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so, like, if you had, if, if Laura Croft uh, was not coded as being you know, closer to masculine, if she was coded as extremely feminine and she, you know, was like, like wore tons of makeup, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would just at some point that would just become, you know, a, a, through a, a hours and hours of trekking through the jungle and being impaled on rebar after rebar after rebar. S- at some point that would just be, you know, a, an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would, that would come off well either. I think that yeah. would end up being in a showing as being pathetic, Yeah. you know, like just having, have a makeup running like that. You know, mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. That's that's like a, a something that you see. That's like a, a character go walking down the street, like carrying their shoes in in a movie. It's like something Amy Schumer is gonna do in a movie any day now. Yeah, you know, it, it's something like that. Like as, as as the titular train wreck. Like that's also not doesn't feel like particularly great representation. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's just genre differences. Like one of the things about Bayonetta is not only, uh, and part of the kind of accident nature is that these things that are uh, could be seen as negative, but are instead seen as empowering are as much a function as the genre and over to- over the top nature of the environment as it is the character. Yeah. Like she exists in a game where she can exist. Right. So it's hard to do apples to apples comparisons. Not again, not saying that it's a bad thing because the comparison still stands. It just like slightly more complicated than I see mm-hmm. it portrayed as a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to some arcade stories. Um, I go ahead, I'll go ahead and get started here with Gabriel says by contact. Uh, I never really went. Uh, I never really got to go to the arcade much when I was a kid. And when I did, I rarely had quarters to spend. But last year, I was driving home and listening to an episode of Duck Feed Live when the topic uh, got to arcades. And Cole mentioned the concept of arcade ambience videos on YouTube. And the idea struck me as the most wonderful thing I'd ever heard. So I got home, pulled up one of the videos, and suddenly my mind was flooded with memories of neon lights, sticky carpet, stick <laughs> Really? Um, c- <laughs>
0: it's
1: cigarette specifically smoke.
0: around the Jurassic Park cabinet.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. The um, the uh, uh, cigarette smoke and crowds pushing up against each other to watch two matches. Masters, Duke it out in Street Fighter. It was such a great experience that a few weeks later, while listening to a different podcast talk about Polybius, the Urban Legend arcade game from the early 80s, uh, I decided uh, on a new project for myself. I was going to build a home arcade cabinet fashioned after the one from Urban Legend. It took several months and way more money than I should have spent, but now I have a home meme cabinet that I can play whenever I want. Not only have I got friends over uh, to play four player games like The Simpsons or Shadows over Mastara, but my father in law set a new record on Galaga last Thanksgiving and my mother in law remembered crazy crazy climber from her youth, so even she took a crack at it. I've gotten to try out so many games I never played as a kid, and whenever I get the urge to replay an old favorite, I pump up the arcade ambience, light a tobacco scented candle, and insert <laughs> virtual coins until I'm able to enter my initials
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh that's intense,
1: yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. And and it's, a, you know, I don't know if it uh, came through in a thing, but his fake cabinet is patterned after Polybius. Yes. Um, Gabe does a, a podcast, I guess, on called uh, Interparty Conflict. Mm. Uh, and and he was telling me about this. And I'd recommend checking out that episode. It was super fun. And generally advice. But there's like a fun, you know, people send in ideas for magical items and stuff like that that get discussed and Ooh. everything like that. It's,
0: it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um so. Uh, I, I thought that Gabe was joking about tobacco scented candles. They're mostly themed around pipe tobacco, but yeah, totally a thing. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, gross. And, and and it's not real unless you stick it you up your floor real good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Really sticky it up. You have to have a real syrup accident.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just just uh, you know, or or, or a or a, a syrup plan.
0: Mm. You know? Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I've got that, uh, the, that joystick case coming my way and I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to fire that up.
1: I'm excited to work on it some more. I keep getting stymied by my lack of the correct small screwdrivers, but I have the correct ones, uh, appearing today with any luck. Uh, just get, get makes it, it's a tiny set of Allen wrenches Mm -hmm. is what you want. So I did not have such and they looked to me like a Phillips head. Okay. And I got some tiny Phillips head and not that.
0: Oh man, I so, I, I got tiny Allen wrenches for days, my friend. Yeah. M- I, I metric metric and imperial. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, I, that, I, they're, I, they're in my tool I closet.
1: Yeah. I, finally I've joined <laughs> I've joined society <laughs> when it comes to uh to tiny screwdrivers. Yeah. So, looking forward to uh to fucking around with that more cool.
0: uh, this week. Yeah. Uh Brian writes via contact My arcade story would have to be the one I went to during my junior and senior years of high school. I lived in a very small town, so doing something fun required driving 45 minutes to the city, which I did every week uh, and guaranteed a trip to the arcade. There, I only played two games, DDR and Fighting Mania. Nothing really needs to be said about DDR. I don't even remember which version it was. But Fighting Mania was my favorite arcade game I've ever played. It was based off of Fist of the North Star... Uh, which I wasn't aware of at first uh, and required you to punch targets that would pop out and light up two rows of three on either side of the screen uh, that would show you your opponent and play the story. It had, it had pseudo boxing gloves to hold best way I can think to describe them. And the goal was to hit the targets quickly, not hard, which the game warned against because you could mess up the mechanisms. Uh, The worst feeling was walking up to the arcade and seeing that out of of order sign on it because someone either didn't read the instructions or just had to show off. Every week I would spend $20 playing those two games, switching over from one to the other when my legs or arms got tired and I jokingly called it a workout. Every December the arcade would offer all of the games for sale and I would stare at the $2,300 price tag wishing I could afford to buy Fighting Mania and play it as much as I wanted. I've never seen it anywhere else, but I have o- but I always keep an eye out if I happen to pass by an arcade.
1: Yeah, I looked uh looked that up. It looks like a um like it's like whack-a-mole. Like yeah. a
0: horizontal whack-a-mole. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen pictures of this before. I've never seen one in um in an arcade though. Yeah, I haven't either. I've never I never played it. Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, interesting. Like I like I like whack-a-mole.
0: Mhm.
1: You know. I I enjoy whack-a-mole.
0: Yeah, I, um, I've whacked a mole or two of my time.
1: I love the idea of every December the arcade offering their games for sale. Yeah, um, I, I told you about the one that got away, right? No, the um, there was a when I moved out here. There's a there's a mall. Uh, <laughs> there there's a famous shooting there. Uh, now that shootings are no longer like, I can start referencing places based on their shooting. Oh yeah, the mall oh, yeah. oh, that there's yeah. the big Portland Mall shooting a couple, couple
0: couple years ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The uh, the Clackamas Mall, uh, which had uh, my favorite arcade when I first moved here, uh, even more favorite than Ground Control, because as mm-hmm. much as like Ground Control's great, the the one in the mall like was like an arcade for my youth. Mm-hmm. You know, and it had just a bunch of uh, a bunch of weird games that were kind of time stamped and not really popular, yeah. and no one was ever in it, and I was on death watch for it i'm like this place is gonna close down yeah and i'm gonna buy an arcade cabinet and uh and i just like kept coming back and i called a couple times uh-huh. and then i just and then i then i missed it
0: mm. i came in
1: once and they'd already have and they did a they did a sale and stuff too like i didn't just miss it and they just went out of business like i came and i missed the sale ah geez so yeah.
0: was, was there a particular cabinet there that you were like I, I gotta get my hands on that
1: it's gonna sound like a bit but it's not uh it was willow
0: uh, and I know that I
1: keep up Willow
0: every episode, God but it's like, it.
1: it's it's not it's not it's not a bit like like that. That <laughs> was the I hadn't seen the Willow arcade game since my youth. Okay, and I I played it a bunch of the Clackamas uh, Town Center Mall, and I really wanted that Willow cabinet because my thinking was like, who else wants this? Like, <laughs> I bet I bet I can get this thing for eight hundred bones. Yeah, you know, like, Gary, I'm going to
0: call the police on you. You should like <laughs> yeah. it is
1: uh, call me call the Willow police. Yeah, call call uh, General Kale. And his various roving madmen to uh yeah to to bring me back um the yeah so the uh uh Gen- I love General Kale I, I it's such a like is it before the the vegetable was in vogue uh huh just like for a skull faced like murderer <laughs> like just like General Kale like this is this is I'll destroy
0: your today. kidneys if you eat me raw <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah just, just be be careful for for uh, Principal Edamame who's, <laughs> who's coming around and but um anywho so I really wanted to get that and I didn't get it yeah and I'm a bummer so I wish arcade arcades around here did that
0: as well. Mm-hmm even just a window shop yeah we signed up for the the first year i was the, went to prg they had that uh that cocktail joust yeah um uh on 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 like raffle i think mm-hmm. which you know is always a long shot but that would have been nice yeah 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 we both uh both put in
1: for that raffle and if one of us had won that
0: even it would be great mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah. This is going to be you, I believe.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Moving on to uh, to Fletcher again uh, via contact. Uh, He says, I'm always going to have love for arcades because they are the bastion, especially in this day and age, of the casual champion. You don't have to be the world's best player to get a crowd at an arcade. You just have to look competent and maybe clown on one dude. (laughs) I'm way past my DDR Prime, but even as the fat guy playing on his lunch break, being someone who could clear a 15, the current scale goes to 20, looks sweet as long as one of the actual SoCal champs isn't around. Congrats, I'm hot shit. If they are, I immediately turn into Wilbur from Mary Worth by comparison. Deep, deep Mary Worth cut <laughs> uh, there. Uh, I nearly worked in an arcade uh, years back, and while I did not get that job, a buddy of mine did become a tech. So I'll pilfer his amazing story for you. Said Arcade was in a part of town where there were actual gang turf wars going on and custody battles over who could play the initial D-machines when. Uh, these ended one day when a group of four dudes, one with a limp, decided it was their turn to play. The current caretakers put up some resistance, cited some kind of rules, and as the kids say, fronted a bit to prove their claim. The guy with the limp... Pulled up his pant leg to reveal shotgun strapped to him. The initial D machines were uh, those dudes for the weekend and be fucking gone within the month. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot people over games. No,
0: yeah, no. Don't please. get mad about games. Yeah, so Don't
1: shoot anybody over games.
0: Yeah. Also, yeah. Don't, don't don't strap a shotgun to your leg. That seems very ill advised. Don't use a shotgun. Every part of this is yeah. Don't
1: don't play initial D.
0: Like every I don't know what initial. D uh, yeah, is. never. It's like a racing game.
1: Uh, Okay. The um, but yeah, every part of this just feels like it's a uh, you know, people people getting angry about video games in a way. Maybe yeah. You know, I guess I guess I don't understand gangs. I guess. I, <laughs> guess know, I don't understand the... gangs. You know, yeah, yeah, this is going to surprise a lot of people. However, finally, finally, time for me to admit, <laughs> I don't really understand gangs. Cool, <laughs> like gangs, gang culture. I mean, I've
0: seen The Wire, but oh, I don't it's... understand it. The uh, you know, yeah. Just, uh, Good story. I'm happy that you shared yeah. your friends your friends yeah. near tragedy That's with good. us. Yeah. That's real good. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the 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 idea of the casual champion. There was always always people watching even even at the Aladdin's Castle in the Richmond Mall in Sunny Mansfield, Ohio. Mm-hmm. People were watching uh, DDR happen. I like
1: DDR quite a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that during the thing because I don't think that there's
1: uh the arcades in town have a DDR right now, which is kind of strange. All of uh, the
0: – so there, there there's one uh, at one of the places, but all of the other ones – far more common is that weird variant where it's all the diagonal inputs.
1: Oh, I, I don't care for that. Yeah. Yeah, diagonal DDR is not my friend.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw a Guitar Freaks machine, and I was like, hey, cool, like – fun i picked it up and i you know I, I pressed the button to activate the you know put in my token or whatever i looked through like oh i forgot i don't recognize or know any of these songs so yeah. i just put it down like i'm not going to fake my way through an anime song
1: the yeah that's the guitar freaks problem yeah it's like nothing anyone's ever heard right um you know or at least like you know rarer in, in in this audience but the um it's funny i went to an arcade the other day uh the nickel arcade and they have the guitar hero arcade cabinet oh yeah Have you you messed around with that? Yeah, it's good. Um, It's like it is good. Um, And this one like had the sound properly configured so you could hear it, which is always the problem. Right. But um, the the arcade, the uh, joysticks are way heavier duty. So they're like extremely heavy. Mm -hmm. And they were so greasy. (laughs) Like both of them. Like I went on a date and both were sort just like, this isn't right. You know, is this quite so like slimy and oily? Yeah, um it's like some kid would just like got you know two bags of popcorn to double fist, <laughs> and then just because every part of it was like oiled up. Oh no, it's pr- pretty gross.
0: Yeah, that's no good. Uh, I've I've gone and definitely like the 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 rate of those Guitar Hero machines that have that have intact straps versus broken straps. Yeah, they're broken about like I think like seventy five percent of the time now, and those. You know, I'm not a weak person, but the but those uh, those those guitars are a little bit too heavy to like hold up on your own while you're trying yeah, to do yeah. like if you had really... a chair or something. Yeah, yeah. If you're, right. if you're, if you're sitting yeah. down, no, I'll admit when I went to sixteen when I went to sixteen bit here in Cincinnati, I just kind of wanted to sit down and rest my legs after beating um, after beating uh, the Avengers. And I played. They they had a, in the free, free play console area. They had some Rock Band three. So I was like, Ooh. "Fuck yeah! I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play some portions for foxes because that's that's, that's the, who uh, I am in public.
1: The uh, I'm I'm very. Uh, it's it's not my number one thing, but since I'm currently looking for a place to live, uh huh. Like having a place with enough space to get a Rock Band set again. Yeah. And just leave it. Like I just want to leave it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and and just have a corner that has Rock Band stuff in it. And it's like I've gone through the cycle many many a time. Yeah. But I, I think I'm just ready for it again. Yeah, <laughs> like find an $80 set on
0: Craigslist and just like go to fucking town. My downstairs neighbor is going to be moving out here soon, which means I'm going to have like two solid weeks. I think of oh yeah, not needing to be considerate about that kick drum. <laughs> so, That's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. Rockman Mania. Yeah, Rockman is so good. Rockman. I love we should Rockman do another so episode much. on it.
1: Yeah, the, uh, like it, we should that should have been a three-parter
0: to yeah. <laughs> rock month. Um oh no. man um i'll finish no. out here with jason who says i live in japan an island nation known for its abundance of incredible arcades i i
1: guess <laughs> it sounded like he's just going to go into just what japan was yeah yeah just the um just summary, explaining the country, country to contrasts. us yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry i <laughs> yeah. i i appreciated the uh um i appreciated how conscientious that was like oh maybe this mm-hmm. person hasn't heard of japan before <laughs> Sorry, it sounds like I make make you funny, Jason. I'm not. It was this is more me being hung up. Um, so I live in Japan, an island nation known for its abundance of incredible arcades, or well, it used to. That stereotype is still mostly true, but in the past few years, it's become increasingly apparent that the same economic boa constrictor squeezing the rest of the game industry is quickly tightening its grip around arcades as well, and watching it happen has been kind of a bummer. Mom-and-pop locations are vanishing by the day, which increasingly leaves only the big chains like Round One and Taito Station uh, to pick up the slack. New games still come out, but it's a brutal environment to try and introduce it, to, try to introduce a new game at. There's so little floor space in a given location. Japan is Japan is small, so uh, everything barely fits as is. And so much of it is already taken up with stuff uh, that's already popular that new games either find an audience or vanish immediately. To give you an idea, Sega released a new arcade game called Soul Reverse a month or two back, which if I had to describe it, it's kind of like a networked 10 versus 10 Dark Souls MOBA-like? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point um <laughs> that's in parentheses there mm-hmm. uh where you choose a class and battle to reach the other team's end zone Kind of sounds like uh for honor a little bit yeah a little bit yeah uh it uses specialized controls including a flight stick and an array of tic-tac like buttons uh, and there are pictures here in the in the text which will be in the notes mm-hmm. um i haven't seen a single person playing it all that effort straight down the drain they'll probably ship the cabinets off to the uh, to u.s round one locations in a few months Failure or not, I admire that audacity to keep trying new things. Arcades are an incredibly outdated business model, and I suppose on some level that's why I love them. There's an unwillingness to give in, a stubbornness, an underdog spirit in modern arcades that I really respect. I hope that earnest yet cynical, smart yet stupid spirit lives on, uh, if only for just a little bit longer. Then there's a tacked-on aside for potential tourists. uh, Here, Japanese arcades are also great simply because they're generally clean... Have responsive staff and all the controls on the games work. If you've ever heard store, uh, if you've ever heard stories and wanted to see Japanese arcades for yourself, you probably want to do that now before they all close. I'm probably not joking. My personal tourist recommendation in Tokyo is Warehouse Kawasaki, uh, which has a great selection of games, including a moving Space Harrier and Outrun cab cabinet. Um, those are two different cabinets. I just misspoke. Um, and also it has an interior design that makes it look like Kowloon Walled City. Uh, look it up on YouTube. It's great.
1: I have looked it up on YouTube. Um, oh, yeah? My, 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 one of my friends, Laura, went to that and posted a bunch of pictures, and then I looked it up. Hmm. And it does look like um, – it's like Kowloon Walled City mixed with um, like the warehouse where uh, the Foot Clan <laughs> – I knew teens. exactly
0: what you were going to say. I <laughs> knew it was going to be the
1: it was going to be the TMNT2 warehouse. Yeah, yeah, the 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 teen training warehouse where that one yeah. little punk goes like regular or menthol <laughs> when that one kid wants cigarettes. Hi, I'm a I'm a golem covered in bells. <laughs> yeah. Can you disarm this? Can you pickpocket this golem in this Kowloon Walled Warehouse? Um yeah, I, I mean, I would I would love to do that, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'll make it in time. Yeah. The, um, I'd like to visit Japan and go to those arcades. I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah.
0: Um, at least not before they all close. Yeah. But I appreciate hearing about that and hearing about the scene because oh, yeah. otherwise wouldn't have. All I would have is just my, like, you know, working understanding from the Yakuza games, so, <laughs> the, the, which um, is not necessarily. Yeah. You know. Essentially course credit and.
1: Right. In, right. In I can,
0: can, can clep cl- 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 in the Japanese arcades to a lesson one island nation. Yeah, less than one fight. <laughs>
1: um the uh I guess there aren't any round ones in uh in Oregon. Hmm. I just looked that up. But I like the idea of a big chain arcade. Yeah. Um you know, not as much as I like the idea of a mom and pop one, but still I just like arcades. I'm very easy to please in this. Like, even if I, like, I bet you any time I had gone, if I went to Japan and checked out arcades, like, mm-hmm. any time would be after some kind of glory day. Oh, sure. You know, like, I'd be after the peak of something. Yeah. And I'm just so easy to please. Like, I I bet you I would just have a really good time with it regardless.
0: See, that's the thing. Yeah. You have no, you have no context other than, like, what people tell you the glory days were. Like, yeah. for, for for me, like, the bummer would be, like, oh, I'm going into an arcade and then all of a sudden it's a bunch of, like, gambling machines. Like that would be something yeah. yeah like like that that would that would be the visible the visible evidence that they had to capitulate and put in something that would make a ton more money yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yep, yep.
0: um
1: yeah thanks everybody yeah for writing in we really do appreciate it um we are ready so if you have anything to uh to write in about June's games or July's games mm-hmm. which we're going
0: to uh, announce this episode yeah. hit us up at DuckFeed.com tv slash contact yes uh june's games are a way out Magicka, mm-hmm. and earth defense force 4.1 indeed yeah um yeah so the uh, that is a theme
1: month that was uh purchased by a patron mm-hmm. um and the theme is better together all co-op games um including way out which is mandatory co-op yeah and Magicka, which is practically mandatory co-op <laughs> um yeah so that, that's gonna be really fun yeah. and uh july is also going to be very fun uh yeah, we I'm have not. a big milestone
0: in July, we do our two hundredth episode is the first episode coming out in in July. Uh, they, they they said we wouldn't make it. Yep. What I want to <laughs> do, what I wanna do is go back, because so I'm realizing like, oh, we're getting up to like the seventh year of the show. I want to go back to that first anniversary episode where we made the joke about like the the future where we where we are burnt out and playing the dead or alive beach volleyball games. Oh yeah, yeah. And see how many years or how many episodes we supposed it would take to get to that point. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was definitely more than two hundred, though. Okay, you know, I, I I bet. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I don't yeah. I don't want to go back and listen to that. If somebody wants to go check that out, just just at me no. in Slack. Let yeah. let, let them know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so we're doing uh, and for
1: those those big episodes, those big round numbers, we like to do something uh, kind of big. Um. And further proving that uh we don't have you know we have unlimited big games to kind of choose from. Uh, I think we picked one for this that a lot of people probably were not expecting. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those people who want this or, you know, who thought this was going to be Mario 64 or Mario 3 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. Uh, so for our 200th game, we are doing The Sims, um, specifically The Sims 3. Yes. Uh, so we will talk about the series.
0: Yes, we will definitely talk about the series. I have experience with it all. Um, I am so jazzed about this. I have I've I've been waiting to play The Sims again for a very long time, knowing that mm-hmm. we were eventually going to do it for the show, I finally have my my excuse to go into to go into my Sims hole and then yes. pr- probably never come out um, Go ever- into a Sims hole and get this. SimSoul. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're doing the Sims 3, even though any of them could probably be a, you know, a, a good pick, mostly because the Sims 1 is very difficult to get and very difficult to run. And also the Sims 2 was recently available as freeware on Origin, but it has disappeared. The Sims 3 mm. is um just kind of there and the easiest one to run while also still not being kind of brand new. So, like, that is the one that I have probably the most experience with, just in terms of the number of hours.
1: Yeah, I, I probably have Sims 2 with slightly more hours, but I put a, tons of hours into both. Yeah. Um, the thing with The Sims 4 is it doesn't have the base quite yet. Right. You know, like, the thing with Sims 3 is we're doing, um, we, we did, we're treating this like New Vegas DLCs. Like, we we split up the, uh, the DLCs mm-hmm. for it. So each of us have kind of different, uh, we have some overlapping, but... Also, we want to do those those, uh, those various DLCs. And yeah. Sims 3 is also the game. The first one I remember very specifically, a lot of my memories of The Sims 2 uh-huh. was to, like, manage it uh, tactically calling into work every other day mm-hmm. to, to throw enough parties to not, like, have my character kill himself. Right. Essentially, like, yeah. if I didn't want my guy to be depressed. And Sims 3 did tons of quality of life stuff. Like, you can make a character who's not social. Right. You know, like, it, it does a lot of great work with that sim aspect. Mm-hmm. So, or a character like you can socialize with animals, which uh-huh. is a real thing. Yeah, you know. So, and uh, that game is good. that's going to be very fun to do. There's tons of little. I've already started and I put it down for a little while because I wanted to have a fresher
0: memory, but I already
1: have little emergent gameplay stories and stuff.
0: Nice uh, to yeah. tell. So I think that's going to be a a blast. Yeah, I'm going to be making um, very liberal use of the in-game diary system for screenshots and stuff. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find something to do with that. I'm very uh very excited about this. I forget which yeah. expansions we decided to split. Neither of us were going to um uh we neither of us wanted to figure out how to split pets in the divorce. So Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We we both, I wasn't going to play without without pets. Right. Uh and I already, I already bought it just for for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So yeah, episode 200 The Sims 3, one of the biggest games franchises of all time. Mhm. Extremely excited about that.
1: Yeah. Um, after that, we're going to do a, uh,
0: have our live episode. Yes. The one I we know, recorded in spring about Donkey Kong 94.
1: Yes. Um, so you can still, uh, that will include like all of our live episodes, the actual content of live episode, and then kind of our recollections, mm-hmm. um, us talking about the weekend. Um, but unlike since, you know, we now do monthly appendix appendix episodes, um, if you have things to say about Donkey Kong 94, please write in. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, and it's going to be going to be important to have that week because we've got a our uh summer jRPG coming up. Um mm-hmm. after that, so we're going to need time to run up to it, but also our third game for July is pretty big. Uh this yeah. is a patron pick, uh Pathologic. Indeed. Yeah. So something people have been asking us to do for a very long time, mm-hmm. something I've been curious
1: to do for a very long time. Yeah. Um I played a little bit of the sequel to it that has some of the same design uh philosophy, but it has a intensely color-based System, mm-hmm. so I I can't actually play that. Right, uh, and then I at some point you know, whenever the rumblings of it was similar to The Sims, where like whenever the rumblings of like someday we're gonna do Pathologic mm-hmm. popped up, I just haven't played it because of that. Right, but right. I've been looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, there was a there the, there have been a couple of times in the past where somebody's either reached out on Twitter or talked in hexcrank about you know about that like oh my gosh they would do this and make it a great waff. like we've known we were going to be doing this for a long time and it's like hey guys can I ask Mm -hmm. you some oblique questions about what the good what the best version of this to play would be yeah (laughs) without giving away exactly what's going to happen yeah yep
1: yep. so so yeah I'm really excited about that that's a game I wanted to play for a very long time Um, I don't know where I will fall on the like whether it is more failure or more interesting Mm -hmm. you know of the interesting failure like divide right you know because it is supposed to be a very obtuse, aggressive unpleasant game right so looking forward to that (laughs) um legitimately sincerely um so that's that's uh that's our july um our uh our august our uh, summer jrpg is picked out we'll be announcing that during our june uh appendix episode Mm -hmm. if you have things to say about any of those games we mentioned uh the deadline is the 15th of the month the episodes come out and again that's duckfeed.tv contact
0: yeah um if you want to help us out or dictate games or months or be on a show Um, check Patreon.com/slashDuckVTV. slash That is our main, um, you know, the main way that the network is supported and funded. We appreciate everybody who has given in the past. And if you have the ability uh, to go and take a look and give us a couple of bucks a month, it does make a huge difference for us. Absolutely. Yeah. It's
1: uh, it's fantastic. Um, then ratings reviews uh, are also very useful. Yeah. We appreciate that. Um, thanks everybody for listening. And I think that's probably, that's probably good think so um we will see you guys next week with a way out
0: and uh until next time what should they watch out for cole uh they should watch out for the dying arcades yeah yeah i mean if you're inside one when it dies it will just fall over on top of you it'll take yeah, rescue workers yeah. weeks
1: yeah you'll be you'll be buried under
0: galaga's
1: <laughs> galaga 2
0: it'll be <laughs> the, it'll the be, one that... it'll be a it'll be a galaga launch